tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Falling Skies After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. If you haven't already done so, subscribe, whether on iTunes, YouTube, doesn't matter. However you consume us, go there, subscribe. That way you get it right away. Absolutely. We're doing Season 5, Episode 2. Hunger Pains. Join alongside Lauren Grasso. Yes, that is I. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Lolo Logro. <laughs> <laughs> and I am your host, Phil Svitek, and overall impressions of tonight's episode. We found out so much information. It was a highly involved episode. I felt dizzy a couple times because there was so much stuff going on. But wow, good episode. It was it was a really, really good episode. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, you know, and, and it just kind of continues to build upon the second one. You know, we, we have a different type of mission yet, you know, they're still obviously carryover from, from last episode. Um, so, you know, nice mixture of new New hurdles and old hurdles. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing some of the repercussions from the first episode, which is also interesting. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we get some new characters, so we'll talk about those. We did. We got, we got a lot. We, Fresh we got, blood. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, let's start with uh, kind of quickly uh, talking about the other camps. You know, uh, we have yet to still kind of make communication with with all of them, but uh, you know, it's a more of a check in of. With uh, Cochise and, and the Volm, they're, they're trying to communicate. Uh, we got some people down in Australia. We've got Mississippi. Nothing mm-hmm. more there. But um, when do you, uh, I guess, when do you predict kind of we'll, we'll start to assemble some of these armies or have m- more meaningful communication? Did you say when or what? When? I think probably around episode, the end of episode three slash four, just to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. That'd be a killer final end of the season if we had a bigger army going yeah i mean they they made a lot of importance over this whole thing you know i mean in order to win the war it is i I like that they're kind of expanding we've always we've always stayed uh to massachusetts you know the second mass Mm -hmm. um and it'd be it's going to be really interesting how they bring in all these other uh yeah even countries not necessarily just states i know we're talking about mississippi and and stuff like that but australia accents going (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I don't know if we'll see too much of them but knowing that you know from from the second masses perspective of you know how how they can take control of the world again well and just knowing that they're there must make them feel so hopeful it's kind of like when you find out that someone else has a similar problem to you it's not like you're happy that they're going through this suffering as well but you're like oh thank god i'm not alone so I think even that alone could be pushing them forward to be stronger fighters, mm-hmm. warriors, if you will. Warriors, <laughs> indeed. Speaking of that, um, something that obviously last episode was called "Find Your Warrior." This episode, uh, you know, we're kind of dealing with other stuff, but but nonetheless, Tom still adheres to that principle. And so, when Anthony is taking out his rage mm. on the skitter, he's okay with it, whereas Colonel Weaver is not. Where? Uh, what are your thoughts and opinions on? Well, I was totally on board with Weaver for this one. Obviously, I had a feeling Tom would go that way. 
He was kind of silently condoning it when he was around the other guys, but when he was with Weaver, he vocally condoned it. Um, I wasn't shocked by it, but it was kind of crazy how far it went. And I thought it was an interesting dichotomy to, uh, especially the scene where they were doing the actual kind of wrestling match with the skitter. I thought it was an interesting dichotomy to the scene we'd seen with Anne last week where she was trying to compassionately kill it, and these guys were taking out all their brutality on it. So yeah. it's a complete dichotomy. Yeah, you know, and... and I think it's uh, – I, I think it speaks to a lot of, you know, uh, how just war crimes happen, you know, in the start mm-hmm. of – and, and so – PTSD. And it, yeah. Yeah. You know, and whereas, whereas uh, Tom is so history-driven and, and you know, no, I mean he could recite how every war was won, how every battle within that war was won. And so uh, to see him kind of condone it, it really is a big turning point for him as a character and, and just in general for the second mass if the, this kind of trend continues. Yeah. And people that are just getting so immune to killing and death in general, it's kind of like it just rolls off their shoulder now. It does, you know, but it's so – you know, it's so short lived. I mean, uh, the yes, the you know, eight days kind of went by just in this episode. Um, you know, from from the moment we opened up to at around that time, and you know, as we know, you can't continue that way forever. Mm-mm. It doesn't work. The candle's gonna burn out. It is, and they, you know, and and uh, I think uh, regardless of you know how you feel about it or not, in terms of actually condoning these things i think you know ultimately colonel weaver even has a suggestion beyond that like hey there's actual stuff to do i thought that was brilliant i mean and it that's just like anything in our lives when we start to focus on the negativity it's like instead of wallowing in this anger or this sadness you could actually use that to change your life and to change the lives of everyone at this camp so it's a nice metaphor for us humans who aren't dealing with an alien apocalypse too Uh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, it is. It is absolutely. Um, anything else on that before we continue on to the next subject? Mm, I thought it was kind of interesting in the first part of the episode when they're just shooting at the barricade, which reminded me of Les Mis, by the way, but much different in another way. <laughs> oh, I, I don't get the reference, but <laughs> there's I've a never big s- thing in Les Mis where they're at the barricade shooting and singing lots of songs because it's Les Mis. But anyway, uh, when they're at the barricade and Anthony was going crazy on that skitter. I thought it was interesting that um, that Tom pulled him away. So that, to me, showed that there was still hope for Tom mm-hmm. because he, he saw that he was taking it too far. So he still has some boundaries. I think that's good. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it ultimately plays out. Um, mm-hmm. Before we continue, uh, I do want to thank one of our sponsors. Um, here at AfterBuzz TV, we deliver all this great content to you, not just the Falling Skies After Show, but a uh, hundred other af- weekly shows. And then uh, within the library, we have about 400-something TV series. So um, in order to continue to deliver that and keep it free to you guys, help support our sponsors. One of the sponsors that we have um, is Mazda, and they have a question for you. What? Well, does driving matter to you? Because there's over 4 million miles of road in the U.S. to find out. That's a lot of ground to cover, I know. A lot of highways, freeways, wrong ways, and long ways. They're all there waiting to be driven on. So, do you take that left turn at Albuquerque, or do you just keep going? Do you wake up early on a Sunday morning uh, for a drive before traffic does? Or do you take the long, winding road home for a change? If driving matters to you, just get out and drive. Why? Because driving matters. Thank you, Mazda. Thank you, Mazda. And you have brilliant commercials, Mazda. I have to tell you, they made me tear up. 
And you guys should all go out and watch them because they're really, really good. They tell a story, which is uh, what you want when you're That's it. doing anything in the cinema or commercial world. That's right. Make your own story. Yeah. Drive on out with Drive a Drive on out. Driving matters. All right. Um, let's see. Let's talk about um, Matt and Evelyn, which I thought was kind of an interesting development and uh you know we'll, we'll see how it ultimately plays out but, but your initial reactions to this whole storyline because we've never obviously seen evelyn well when she walked in i thought oh well, that's a new face obviously uh she's very cute i thought that there was going to be a love connection there instantly but we we felt matt holding himself back because he has been burned by this strange world so many times you're either lying or you're dying yeah i love that i wrote that down felt bad for him in that minute but i think that she is a symbol of hope because he was ready to give up basically on all of humanity and any new life that he would meet and then by the end of this episode he's he's come to um to form a relationship he's starting to forge it mm-hmm. is it uh do you think it's ultimately going to end up good for him or, or not so good i mean mm, well i mean the story that our new friend or is it Dingen, the technology I, guy? Yeah. Is that I, I how can, we say it? I can never pronounce his name, yeah. so I apologize. Okay. It's spelled, I know how it's spelled. It's D-I-N-G-A-A-N. And, um, I for, ever since last season when he was introduced, I, they can pronounce it a hundred times and I still won't get it right. So I apologize for that, fans. Uh, I know. It's a tough one to say. I don't think we see it in modern culture very often. But feel free to, to let us know if you can spell it out phonetically. We would really appreciate it. Um, but I think that story that he told him really affected him. So I think ultimately, yeah, I think it's a good thing to have hope. So hopefully she will be a character that's positive for him and who won't be lying and hopefully will stop dying soon. She's gotten some pineapples, so I think her (laughs) she's getting revitalized at least a little. Yeah, and I I really like the bond that that is forming between... um I'm just going to call him D and and Matt. That's way better. <laughs> um, no, because I I, I feel like uh, you know la- last episode Matt was kind of in the in the combat zone and you know we realized we kind of discussed that he didn't really belong there not because of his age but just because of his personality mm-hmm. and uh, I I feel like he's finding his place here. Uh, you know he he makes the the microscope for Anne. He helps with this. So, and, and I really like their bond together. And I, I think that's really, po- you know, obviously he's got his dad, but you know, uh, right now Tom is, you know, so focused on 800 different things that he doesn't have time to really nurture to Matt. And so, uh, I really like this. I think, I think Matt's going to become a great, great human being. Yeah, he's deeply intelligent. He's so thoughtful. I don't think the battlefield is a place for him because I think he can be a creator more so. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's helping. He built that telescope. Or not telescope. Uh, microscope. microscope. <laughs> he's looking at the stars. <laughs> no one has time for that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that this is a much better place for him. And it, who was giving the speech last week where they're saying, you know, there's so many different ways to fight. You can, you know, be do all these different things. Basically, like, we were comparing it to the mm-hmm. National Guard. I think that this is his way of helping because they need those technologies. I, th- I think about that all the time. If the world comes to an end, who's going to make the next wheel? Like, who's going to be the inventor of the future? Because we're going to have to learn how to invent these things that we've just taken for granted for all these years. So I think he's going to be one of those people. Yeah, I, th- I think it, uh, what's going to be, it, it kind of contradicts what 
obviously Tom has has been trying to bestow is that we all have to pr- find our primal fear and, and you know the idea of being lawyers and dentists right now is non-existent and it could ultimately be Matt that brings him back and says no 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 like you know I I don't belong on the combat field you need me here just like Aeon's doing and so on and so forth well and by the end of the episode we found what they're doing to be deeply helpful oh yeah yeah so yeah that was um the the uh the drone the drone the powerful drone yeah you know it's it's very promising um you know as as tom jokes about it you know the 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 manhattan project Mm -hmm. um but they've got a lot going on and and uh it's paying off and and i think the two of them you know we'll, we'll see what they come up with yeah that was interesting for me to see, too, because I have lots of friends who are into conspiracy theories, and a lot of them think that a lot of our technologies have been taken from aliens. So I wondered if that part of the show was based off of people who think those things. Interesting. Interesting thought. I think it might be. Fair enough. Yeah. Let us know if uh, if you agree or disagree at home. Yes. Which, by the way, thank you guys for uh, for those of you that have been commenting. Uh, you know, some really interesting theories out there. Uh, obviously, we don't have the time to always explore every single one of them on the show. Some sometimes we, uh, we don't even think of them until you write them down. Mm-hmm. And so um, and so, continue that. You know, yes. we start the conversation, but it doesn't mean it ends. Absolutely. We will respond, too. I think Phil and I both jumped on there this week. And we did. We did. Wrote a little back to you guys. Showed you some love. It's the final season. We got to connect. There, there's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and in terms of Evelyn, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how that develops. I, think, uh, I really hope that, um, you know, that she is not lying or certainly not dying. <laughs> I think so. she's going to get out of the woods. I have a good feeling about it. Yeah. Now that we have that food and the magnesium drink or whatever she, Anne was mixing up at the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes it's uh, yeah, Falling Skies sometimes has a history of, of not necessarily going that way. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it is a Steven Spielberg produced show, so uh, the emphasis is on family and, and relationships. So I think it'll work out, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed there. Um Let's talk about one of the the, the big storylines of today that, you know, we, we've been hinting at it, how it, how it's been affecting individual people, but the, the food shortage. Mm-hmm. So their entire supplies have been wiped out overall. Uh, two months worth of supplies just gone. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's starving. And uh, I thought that, speaking of Evelyn, I thought that in, in general was a very powerful scene. I mean, I don't know what it was. It was like oatmeal, grain. It looked like dried oatmeal. Yeah. had It looked like it had been crushed, too. It just, I mean, it looks so sad. Yeah, it was pathetic, mm-hmm. and I get it. Like it, that's what it was meant to do, and just the amount of rat everyone got. And she got dust. Anne went to push it out, and there was just dust for her. And she had just told Matt that she'd save a little bit for him. She's like, "There aren't that many of us. I'll give you some of mine." Yeah. No, you won't, because you don't have any, Evelyn. Yeah. Poor girl. That was. Uh, that was. Uh, I thought that was a really powerful scene in terms of, uh, you know. Uh, showing not necessarily just telling yeah how bad it is um but it's matt who discovers pineapple and or not matt i'm sorry ben right ben Ben. Mm -hmm. yes apologies it was ben who found out and then you know he could have easily because if it was pope who had found this he'd be you know he'd be having 20 candlelight dinners with sarah (laughs) um but no ben ben gets how and he gets uh colonel weaver and by and large, that you know, uh, what's nice is that Colonel Lever then sees, oh wow, we can get more of this stuff. Yep. 
Shows why he was made a colonel. <laughs> Indeed. And um, and then we go on the great mission. Yes. Which it was I as soon as uh, as soon as we form kind of the the coalition. I, I I was laughing because obviously you had Maggie and you had Ben, and last week we got Hal and Maggie. This week we got Hal and Ben. Best of both worlds. <laughs> got to switch up the flavors. <laughs> is that what it is? I don't know. Kind of seems like she's testing them by going on mission dates with each of them. <laughs> well. I mean, well, how do you take it? Because uh, I, I found it very interesting that uh, Pope has his talk with with Ben, and then you have Sarah having her talk with um, with Maggie. I thought it made sense. You know, I mean, they probably don't get a lot of girl and boy time, so this is their one diversion where they're not focused on killing someone or not someone, something or foraging for food. So, yeah, this is like their one moment of peace. So, yeah, that's entertaining. Why wouldn't you? Well, it's also, a little drama. Never well, hurt anyone. I mean, it, it ha- I mean, historically, it's done nothing good for Pope. Uh, well, it's done good for Pope, not necessarily the second mass. And that's why I found it so interesting overall was because, of course, uh, it's going to be Pope's girlfriend and Pope that are uh, talk- doing gossip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they'll exchange stories at their little dinner later. It's perfect. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so I hope uh, we'll see how it kind of fully ends up there. I still, you know, it'll it'll be interesting kind of how Maggie goes back and forth because... It seems to me that she's more into Ben overall, but at the end of the really? episode... Yeah, I know, I know, because the chemistry thing. But I'm just saying when she's all alone and talking about it, or just when she was talking to Hal last week, that chemical thing... The way she describes it, it just seems like she's more into that, or she she can't control it as much. I feel like she can control her feelings for Hal a little bit more. You disagree? I, I well, he, you I mean, can let me know. Well, it's just we've always known Hal and Maggie. It wasn't until last season that Ben even came in the picture, so it's it, it's one of those things. Well, you know, it's not like she. she They're the Ross and Rachel of this show. That's it. There you go. <laughs> well put. Um, and so, so, uh, we pretty much go through this underground tunnel and we get to a distribution facility and which, which solves two things. One, they get a truck out of it, which we, they needed desperately Two, obviously there's food. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the nutrition and beer, and beer. Yes. Now, the nutritious factor of, of this food is probably pretty low. I mean, we were talking Pringles, fruit snacks, what else did they mention besides uh, beer? Ding dongs. Ding dongs. Yeah, those ones are good. So uh, and they can last through anything. I've heard that Hostess snacks can survive nuclear holocaust. So well, that's good because yeah. they're going to need them. Yeah, they will. Um, so they get that stuff, and um, you know, here's here's where we meet uh, Caitlin and Brian. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, uh, what did I say? Your name, Julia Sarah Stone. Julia Sarah Stone. Yeah, JSS. Uh, if you're new to her, she was also in The Killing, um, I believe season, season three is what I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, yes, season three. Um, and she did a fantastic job on that show. I am way. impressed by her performance thus far. So, yeah, we'll see kind of, um, it's, by the way, complete, two completely different looks from that show to this show. And, um, you know, we'll see what they can really do with her character, because uh, we're about to tell her that. We've seen the storyline before where, uh, you know, someone who's possessed, they try to save them. 
and Maggie and Ben both lie to her intentionally. But now, as Ben puts it on himself, he's going to tell her alone. And uh, it's going to be rough to see because, you know, as much as everyone's always in the past, even Colonel Weaver last season wanted his daughter to to still be in there. Mm-hmm. And you fool yourself that there's remnants, but there's really not. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how, how Caitlin sticks to it, you know. And, and she might be like a Sarah type where, you know, she might not believe in the second mass and, and kind of want to get away from them and be on her own. But like Sarah, as she points out in this episode, what do I got to prove to you? You know, she might, she might be a nice addition. I think well. she will be. I mean, she's already shown that she's not afraid to point a gun at someone to, to protect. So she went through a huge range of emotions. She went from being, you know, crazy, ready to kill, then to skeptical, then to completely vulnerable. So I'm very interested to see what this character brings to the table. Yeah. And uh, I'm very curious to, to see the speak, talk go down between um, her and Ben. Yeah. For some reason, I feel like Ben's not going to do it. You don't think so? He had a weird look in his eyes when he said yes. And not like, oh, I'm nervous. Like, I've got a, another plan up my sleeve. Do you, th- do you think um, he's going to do it with Maggie? Because technically it's also Maggie's fault. And, and remember when they arrive, finally, uh, Pope is like, you know, you lied to them. And it was like, well, I had to do what I had to do. You know, so, and, and again, in terms of continuing the triangle... It would be interesting for Ben and Maggie to do it. I mean, I think it'd be a good choice for them. So hopefully they made the right decision and did a double confession. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess we'll find out ultimately next episode. Um, Hopefully. Because I I would like to see the speech, you know, and how she reacts to the whole thing. Um, And yeah, you know, like I said, we got the truck. I, I was got the truck. I was nervous for the truck because I thought they would have to abandon, you know, it'd be, they got there, but somehow the truck would you know we'd have to sacrifice the truck to mm-hmm. to kill the skitters and so yeah on. i thought that too especially when they were rolling over them and the car wouldn't go mm-hmm. it's like being stuck in the snow but way worse yeah and it, you know i didn't know th- what the drone would ultimately do you, you know it, i didn't know if it would disable the car as well and it'd be like oh, well great we got the skitters but we lost the car i wonder what the drone did do do you think it shocked them or did it shocked them or did it kill them I think it killed them. Okay. Because um, I noticed they were still shooting afterwards. So I didn't know if there were just some stragglers still alive or if that they were just stunned and they wanted to kill them then. I think it could be part of the primal fear, you know, mm-hmm. um, where they, it's just one of those things like, uh, you know, again, we have to overkill. As Tom's message said. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, <laughs> certainly if they're dead and, and you keep shooting, that's Kill them over- twice. That's definitely yeah. overkill. Um, Literally. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Pope, you know, while we're on the subject of Pope, let's talk about these lovebirds. Uh, he's so cute. Is he? Yes. I mean, He's this- rugged. He reminds me of a version of Sawyer from Lost. Yeah? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm, 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 I, I will admit I have not seen Lost. So Phil, well, at least you didn't have a disappointing series finale like I did. So you'll never have that to look forward to. Unless but I start watching. You should. <laughs> you should. It's a good show overall. We can talk about that at a later date. It's okay, definitely but worth What it. are the comparisons if, since you brought it up? Get, okay. Um, both have long hair. Both are kind of irreverent. Does it go deeper than that? Yeah, okay. Yes. Besides long hair. I was going there. Okay, but that was the first thing that drew me in. So both are kind of irreverent bad boys. 
Um, both can turn on the charm when they have to. They can be very caring and romantic, but they can also be, you know, like, whatever, I don't care. So they've got that perfect balance that every woman is looking for. Bad boy meets lover boy. Mm-hmm. Mushed together with the long hair. I will give Pope a lot of credit. He's um, he's ultimately changed a lot in these couple seasons because everything was always about him. Um, you know, I mean, he not that he would have gone to this level. He he always there, there's a part of him that uh, he knows he needs the second mass in order to survive. So that he's never going to go off and just do his thing completely on his mm-hmm. own. Um, but in some respects, you could see like. You know, he would have brought back, like, one cupcake and hidden the rest for himself in the old Pope days. Now, granted, obviously, he took a large portion of of the rations and made this fancy dinner. Um, Which I wonder what that was, by the way. It looked like a pancake in the one thing. Did you see that thing at the top? And there was a big circular item in it? Yeah, you know, I don't know. At least he got creative. Yeah. So they did have, it looked like they had a bottle of wine, so looks like, uh, you know, <clears throat> there's booze tonight. there. Yeah. yeah. That's a good sign for them. They could yeah. probably use a little bit of booze. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, as you mentioned, yeah, they're probably talking about Maggie, Hal, and <clears throat> Ben. Yep. Do they have their own room? Uh, Pope had his own bar back in the day. Yeah, Pope knows how to... Um, he kn- he knows finds how to, how to like make his little nest. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. I love that that was their version of a city view too. As, it was as if they were looking over all of Los Angeles when they were looking into their wreckage. <laughs> <laughs> well, specifically Los Angeles. Why? Cause well, Los Angeles because that's looks what, like a- we have a little backdrop of Los Angeles right here, so that's what I feel like I'm looking at right now, and I I think that's how they felt too. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm projecting. <laughs> There you go. It could be any backdrop, though. Whatever you want. Um, Whatever big city you like looking at. That's right. Um, all right. Let's talk about um, let's talk about Tom and his continued visions. Yes. Um, so this week, uh, you know, we 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 get Rebecca and she's talking about starvation, and then he sees Hal, and so you know, and obviously foreshadowed. He he needs to get better at interpreting these. Yeah, uh, and by interpreting, you mean just taking him seriously because it literally showed him what was about to happen and he didn't even really think about it that much. He kept saying, like, oh, take a break, take a break, but he didn't say, like, hey, have you eaten something? Which would have mm-hmm. been the most clear-cut way to prevent that situation. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I agree, you know, um, and certainly it's one of those things that he should have been saying it to everybody, mm-hmm. but uh, the fact that it cut so close to home, it's like if you can't even take care of your own son... And then how can you take care of you know all these people mm-hmm. and apparently all all, uh, all these people that keep getting at it on like Evelyn mm-hmm. um, and so to, to Colonel Weaver's point he's he's getting a little bit lost it's all or nothing and when you play that kind of game you know uh, it takes one one thing to really slip up and, and, and lose I thought just to speak to a little bit of what we spoke about with some some of the listeners slash viewers on uh, the YouTube page, someone had commented that they thought that Rebecca was a version of an alien. Like when we thought that it was a um, a transposed figure with Anne, they mm-hmm. thought it was with an alien. And I thought that was an interesting thought. Like some, I guess, 
nice alien somewhere is infiltrating his thoughts and giving him these visions so that he can help his people because an enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. Yeah. That was the quote. So, yeah. And, and, and kind of, um, she makes note of that, like what, you know, what, what is this? The people that saved you from space now they're helping you. Right. And we still don't know how we survived. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, and I, maybe we won't find out. I don't know. I think that they'll tell us or at least hint to us so we can make our own decision. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, it'll, I think certainly it ties into this. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the more the more answers we get about this, the more we'll obviously understand um, what's going on there. Um, but lo and behold, it is an alive alien bug that has the qualities of a skitter, of an Ishveni, and it has human eyes. Scary. And we kind of had a idea that it might be alive because one of the shots was coming up from the, the little jar it was in when Anne was first... Kind of looking at it in the beginning of the episode, and how? T- uh, no, not how. Uh, Matt. Matt too. Yeah, you know, and um, I thought it. I don't know. For some reason, I, I thought that was very interesting. How they all kept saying, like, it's all important. We have to, we have to keep studying this. Um, how would they have known that? Is well, that something like they don't? Do they typically study all the bugs? Well. Um, you know, it, it was it was the bug from last time, right? That mm-hmm. uh, from last week that he hit, yeah. right? And so, um, you know, of course, Anne's gonna do it for for Tom, and, and the fact that Tom was bleeding so much, so mm-hmm. um, it was obviously it was a personal interest to Anne to figure out and get to the bottom of it. I wonder what kind of impact that bite is going to have or is currently having on Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get uh, we leave off with the cliffhanger that. Uh, there's, there's a whole nest of these things. Yes. Um, so it'll be, you know, it's interesting. Are they good? Are they not? Um, and that's part of, I, I felt like part of it, well, at least early on, I, I felt like it was some sort of spy, like literally a bug, you know, a mm-hmm. bug. Ah, that was, you know, and, and <laughs> clever when it was, when it was alive, you know, and cause they were talking all their strategies. And so, um, you know, in, in terms of the the attacks that were happening, I thought they were directly related based off of how they they were trying to attack the skitters, and the skitters in turn had this intel. Right, because they were saying it's smart. It was playing dead for how many days? Yeah. You know? Has human eyes. Indeed. So, but whether or not, I mean, ultimately I don't know if it's actually passing on intel or not um, based off the new information. So, I... I don't know. I don't. I don't have very too many theories. Um, I want to hold off on some of them until I see more. I'm always like that, you know, because yeah. I throw them out there and then I'm wrong. Then uh, people crucify you on the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. But that doesn't mean you guys at home can't, uh, you know, let us know. You guys have some really good theories out there, well thought out. Definitely some great insight. Do you have some theories about what this this? Uh, hmm. I thought it was weird that they're like, and it's a human eye, and then we looked at it and it was like. I mean, yeah, I guess so. But how would you have known that? It's so small. Well, she had a microscope. I know, but it still looks small even under the microscope. Uh, I don't have that many thoughts. I think it very well could be giving intel. I think it's definitely highly intelligent if it knew to play dead for that many days and Mm -hmm. then just spark to life. Um, Obviously, it's also got some great survival skills if it didn't have anything to consume for the past however many days and it's still doing just fine. Yeah. Hey, 
I have something else I want to talk about if, if we're Go about ahead. to wrap it up. What about when they had a little bite of uh, Skitter? Yes, yes, yeah. we should definitely talk about it. <laughs> Sorry, it just came to me when I was thinking about how it had Skitter-like qualities, too. That yeah. was petrifying. Do not eat Skitter. No, that should be on the do not eat list, for sure. Yeah. Doesn't matter how hungry you are. Nobody's got to throw up blood. Nobody. I thought it was a... Uh, I thought, you know, ironically, I thought it was a good choice to have someone else eat the skitter versus a cat. Because <laughs> I feel like there would have been much more uh, backlash for having a cat eat it versus uh, a human uh, of his own volition. You mean backlash within the camp or within... I think as audience, audience members, members, we're like, ah, yeah. oh, poor cat. Yeah. What the hell, Pope? People care more about animals than they do about people, for the most part. In this yeah. country, at least. And the, and the mm-hmm. guy, you know, they, they did a pretty good job of painting him as... Again, he, he was just arrogant. He was like, no, I'm not... What You know, I'm hungry. Right, I'm they're like, wait, this. wait. But he's like, no. He let his ego rule him. And yeah. he let his stomach rule him, which I get. When I'm hungry, I'm a monster. I You're probably hangry. just would... I'm hangry. My parents always told me when I was little, oh, you were such a nice little girl till you got hungry. Then you turned into a real bad girl. So, uh, yeah, I can get that, but don't go for the skitter. Don't go. Even I would hold off. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, that, was a, that was a great thing to bring up. Um, <laughs> let's get into uh, some predictions. Ooh. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Um, so one of the things that they touch upon for in, in, in the little preview that we got, these things are multiplying. As soon as they get killed, they get, they create a new one. And in many ways, I don't know, they could be better than the last, you know. The, the, are you talking about f- the bugs right now? Yeah, well, they're killing off the skitters. And oh, so right. uh, it seems like the connection is that uh, they kill off a skitter. It comes back almost like in a new form. Right. So, you know, it, it's the whole... Um, you, you know the argument where you use, um, you know, virus and antibiotic, antibiotic soap, you know, mm-hmm. and then you know, by it kills ninety nine point nine percent of germs, and but then they the, become a super bug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's kind of where we're headed, perhaps with with this. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not a good sign that there's a whole valley of alien and alien bugs. And what, like, t- uh, I mean, it can't be that far off because they basically ran after the whole thing. Yeah, it, so it took them must be thirty like a mile, seconds. Mile, well, no, I'm sure a little bit no, longer. No, it than took that. thirty seconds, Phil. <laughs> Maybe two miles down the road, but yeah. still pretty close to uh, the camp. Okay. Also, I'm I'm doing this because I hope that they do this. Okay. At one point, what's Maggie had a full blowout going on, girl. Put some dirt in that hair. I do not believe you that you are starving and not by a shower. That hair was pristine. So I'm hoping that those people get a little bit dirtier so I can suspend my disbelief. It's all about, you know, I mean, maybe that was how Hal envisioned Maggie. Okay, you're stretching it, but maybe. (laughs) So, um, anything else you want to add? I I don't have, um, Uh, you know, I think that'll be kind of the main thing that we deal with. Yeah, um, maybe more conflict between the colonel and um, Tom, and a breaking point. Yeah, you know we we've seen them kind of go and and disagree, but I, I feel like this this can definitely be the biggest disagreement they've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pope's been kind of quiet about this whole thing, so it'll be interesting to see where he, if at all, lands on it. Seems like he's kind of just letting it play out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I wonder if we'll get a vision 
from Tom to see, okay, you know, like what's the next step for next episode? I feel like that's in terms of this season, that's been, um, you know, a through line, a mm-hmm. technique. Yes. If you will, you know, start with a vision, have it play out for the episode. I'm down. Okay. I, I could see that happening very easily. So there you go. Um, all right. And let us know at home what you guys think. What, uh, you know, any crazy theories. Um, and by the way, when I say crazy, they're not that crazy. They're actually, no. they're well thought out, well constructed. Creative. So, um, thank you guys for joining us yet again here on After Buzz TV for another Falling Skies After Show. It has been Season 5, Episode 2, Hunger Pains. Uh, in the meantime, Lauren, where can they chat with you? You can chat with me at Lola Logro on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook.com slash Lauren Lagrasso. And of course, here at AfterBuzz TV, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those uh, various places. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and comment. And also, if you can, tell a friend. Spread the, you know, it's it's the final season of Falling Skies. No better time to get into it than now. So, mm-hmm. you know, share the wealth. Um, it's it's an exciting time if you're a fan it is which obviously I imagine you guys are (laughs) so we'll see you here next Sunday for another Falling Skies After Show from executive producers Maria Menounos Kevin Undergaro Phil Svitek and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you, later. you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> 